This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. So uplifted already with the uh, comments, the prayer, the the songs uh, that we sang so far, and I could just relate to all of it. Uh, and Brother Clint, I'm glad you turned the temperature down. I've been running a fever all night and coughing, and uh, <laughs> just kidding. That's probably inappropriate. Sorry. <laughs> um, and I can relate, Chris, to your uh, barber at home thing. Uh, I used to have hair. And, I remember my wife one time, I was trying to save money, and she was uh, first time cutting my hair and just went right up the back, like skunk stripe. It was bad. Um, And I can also relate to the comments that were made, you know, it seems like, uh, and I think I talked about some of this the last time I spoke, about the uncertainty in the world these days. And uh, I hope that today's message, I feel with so many people so unqualified, first of all, to be up here. I'm just, um, I'm so thankful for our visitors this morning, and it's so nice to see a full crowd of brothers and sisters. The singing this morning reflected that, and it's just so awesome to be here. And uh, I I hope that the, the thoughts this morning continue in the theme of comfort because that's kind of where I was headed with this Um, with all the uncertainty in the world these days the the certainty and the assurance that's found in God and within his word I mean they're even more precious aren't they it seems like they are to me um that field of of great value, that pearl of great price, just seems to be worth more and more as the days pass. They just keep it just keeps keeps getting more valuable, and um, you know I've had times in my life, um, very unfortunately, where I haven't read the gospel as I should have. Um, But I've made it a habit, um, seems like especially before bed, it's just a source of comfort to me and, and lately I just feel like normally I'll read a few chapters and I'll fall asleep with it right there. Um, and fortunately Jess, if she catches me doing that, she'll remove it from my hands before I drool on the pages and ruin it. But lately I just, I can't get enough of it. You know, I'll lay there sometimes for two hours waiting to go to sleep, but I'm so in it, it it like awakens, you know, it awakens you. It's really awesome, and uh, I can't put the word down lately because I feel like I'm just valuing it more than ever, maybe because of what's going on in the world around us. With all the, the division, you know... The hostility, the the hate, the evilness that's in this world around us, it just seems like it's everywhere. On every source of media that's around us, the the contention, the polarization, 
the word is such a respite, you know, it's such a safe haven for our minds, uh, our hearts, and our spirits, and, and through it, God reminds us that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <clears throat> you ever ask someone a question uh, to get them more involved in the discussion, um, to kind of lead them where you want them to go? You know, that's a common thing in the sales world, marketing. It's a common thing in any conversation that you want to get some interaction with and it's really interesting instead of just making a bunch of statements to to ask a question and you almost can't help if someone asks you a question your subconscious answers it <laughs> whether you want to or not they took you there with a question and um, my wife and daughter uh, had a funeral to go to. They're not here this morning. They're in North Little Rock. Um, I know they wish they could be here, but Ansley, she's at the age now, and I, I guess I've done this for so long, I don't even think about it. I'll lead the boys to a destination that I want them to in their thoughts with questions. And it, she's at the age now where she just looks at me and she's like, I know what you're doing, Dad. You know, I already know where you're going with this. I don't know if y'all can relate to that, but, um, and a lot of times I love the connection that she gives me. She, she looks at me and she's like, I'm already there. I know where you're going. And it's just satisfying, um, to see. And then she'll sit back and watch me lead the boys to whatever we're talking about or teaching, um, with a line of questioning to the conclusion I hope they arrive at. And it seems like it sticks with them better, right? If they arrive at that conclusion via their own thoughts, it kind of sticks with you more. And I think that's almost what Paul was doing in his letter to the Romans um, in chapter 8, verse 35. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And his questions intended... Uh, to imply that nothing will be able to. It, it's sort of a challenge to try to think of something that can separate us from the love of Christ. Knowing full well, asking that question, there is nothing. There is nothing. His question is, it's a confident assurance that nothing will be able to it's sort of a challenge what he has here he knows that the believing soul and Christ are eternally and inseparably united especially when we consider the the unparalleled nature of Christ's love and it's eternal nature it's eternal origin Christ's love is you know if you look up the definition of devotedness that's it Christ's love for us and especially when you consider the sacrifices that it brought about the sacrifices that he made for us out of his love 
gives us an appreciation for his love, his eternal love. His, his love for us, it brought him from heaven to this earth, from a, from a throne to hanging on a cross, beaten and scourged and bleeding and in pain far above what I've ever felt and, or will. His love for us took him from glory and riches and everything he could ever need to poverty and shame on the cross, disgrace through a worldly perspective. And it brought him to death. The strong love that Christ has for us is all throughout the scriptures recorded in his prayers to his father John 17 verse 22 Jesus prayed he says I have given them the glory you gave me father so that they may be one as we are one I am in them and you are in me may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me and he said this, Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. I mean, that's love. That's love. Back up to John verse 10, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will just run away when he sees a wolf come and he'll abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for money and he doesn't really care about the sheep. But he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. He says, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. John 13, verse 1, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. This is just before he washed the disciples' feet that he said this. He said, it says he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? His love is unchanging, just as he is unchanging. Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James 1 and 17 and verse 18. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. It says he never changed. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. 
He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And how often do I, uh, do we get short-sighted and forget that? How often do I get sidetracked by some random bad news, something offensive I saw in the news um, that prompts me to dislike another group of people? Um, How often do I get prompted to disgust by what happens in the world today? Um, And if I follow the natural progression of where things are going, uh, politics, the state of affairs in this country and in the world, it's easy to see um, a general decline. Uh, a decline in common sense, morality, spirituality. And us living in the world, how does that affect us? How does that affect our mindset? Our, uh, our outlook? Our worldview? Do we let it pull us into the mire, away from our eternal focus? That's why I wanted to speak on these verses here, because these verses from Paul, inspired by God, are comforting. They've been a source of comfort to Christ's people since they were inspired, since they were written. To the church at Rome, uh, it was written in Greek, which was a common language then, and and it was surely shared with the churches around this church that that Paul wrote to. Um, And to every Christian who has read these verses since then, through the ages. You know, when we look at the world, we see these things behind us. When it comes to us, when it comes to Christians, we... See how the world treats us. And Paul here in Romans 8, he says, will tribulation separate us from the love of Christ? We have faced, we are facing, and we can see possible increases in tribulation coming. And we know that we as Christians will face tribulation but it's okay. Acts 14, 21 says, After preaching the good news in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Pisidia, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. We can expect tribulation. Will distress separate us from the love of Christ? When we're in the worst circumstances, in a situation where we just can't, I don't know, can't fathom how to get out of it, where we just don't know what to do, does Christ's love stop? When we're in the middle of distress. I mean, you see where Paul's going with these questions. Uh, 
When we face persecution, uh, does the shining love of Christ become any weaker, any more dim? When persecution arises, um, which it hasn't in this country so much as some other places in the world, but when persecution arises um, that causes us to become destitute or imprisoned or hungry or without the basic necessities of life, where is Christ's love? Brother Kalen just walked us through the book of Job last week and um, you know you've got Job he's, he's, he's a righteous man and so God said there's none other, none other like him and he kind of gave him to Satan to prove a point and uh, Job had a lot of questions didn't he during his hard times he had a lot of questions and his friends were trying to help him answer these questions um, but was God's love for Job ever not constant through all that? Job faced suffering unlike, as he referenced um, last week, unlike anything we'll ever experience. You know, the loss of everything he owned, his children, his everything, his health. And the unknown reasons... Behind it caused Job a lot of mental anguish, trying to figure out why, why me, God, why all of these things are happening to me, and I want to plead my case before you. What have I done wrong to deserve this? It caused him to have a lot of questions, but it's apparent to us that God's love for Job never wavered. Especially if you look at the end of the story. <clears throat> Will peril separate us from the love of Christ? Will Chinese Christians worshiping secretly in their homes out of fear uh, for their lives, they're in peril um, if they're found out. Are they separated from Christ because of their peril? Will the sword separate us from the love of Christ? Or does Christ's love for us continue through even uh, martyrdom? <clears throat> We're in Romans 8. And verse, verse 36 says, As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. And yet we know that none of these things, even combined, can destroy the believer in Christ. Verse 37, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, just to throw that in there, to encompass everything, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, 
our Lord. However horrible our death may be, however wretched and bitter our life may be, sometimes, no matter what Satan or his demons can throw at us, no matter what ungodly laws are enacted in this country or around the world, no matter what's happening right now, no matter what afflictions we may face in the future, Paul states that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. God's love not only has made a way for all of his people, but it continues to make a way through whatever darkness exists. And the assuring thing to me about these verses is um, it's a reminder that no matter what we go through in this life, the destination is already set. It's already final. The journey there may be difficult in varying degrees for each of us and each of God's people around the world, but the destination, the end result is the same, and it's far more glorious and far better than what any of us will deserve. He says, with him we are more than conquerors. The victory is sure, no matter what. No matter what's going on in this world, no matter what laws are enacted, no matter what we face, through him we will conquer all, maybe not in the flesh, but in the hereafter, for sure. Earlier in this chapter, uh, Romans cha uh, chapter 8, verse 28, he says there, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. I have some more verses of comfort here. I'm going to, I've got two or three readings. Uh, I'm going to let God's Word speak here at the closing. Second um, Corinthians 4 and verse 8. He says, he says there, we are pressed on every side by troubles. You ever feel like that sometimes? He says, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith that the psalmist had said when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself 
together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be a great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. And that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. Mm, That's a good reminder for me. And yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Another good reminder for me. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Man, these these verses, I hope they give us and remind us uh, of the cheerfulness and hope that we have as Christians. I mean, how often do I forget this? And it's, it's right here. Paul's thorn in the flesh. It reminds us still today. Second uh, Corinthians 12, verse 8, he says, he's begging the Lord. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take away this thorn in the flesh, whatever it was. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So Paul says, now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, the hardships, persecutions, troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Let us live our Christian uh, walk, our journey with each other with patient endurance and faith. Hebrews 10, verse 32, he says there, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and you were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. I originally had one closing verse here. Um, because I couldn't think of a better closing verse than John 16:33. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Take heart, because I have overcome the world. I'm going to add one more closing verse to this, because it's... Um, It's a verse that keeps coming to my mind lately with all the um, negativity, I guess you could say, in the world around us. um, I just can't stop thinking about this verse on a daily basis. Uh, Philippians 4, 
Um, in verse 8, he says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the, the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. I hope that these uh, few verses help bring us some reminders of how blessed we really are and how what's going on, wherever it may be, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. To us as Christians, we may live in the United States of America. We may take pride in our country. But this country is not something that we take faith in. We don't place our faith in country or people or government. Our faith is in one place alone. And let us not forget that. I know that I... Uh, I've done that at times, and uh, you get burned <laughs> on a regular basis if you put your trust in someone besides Jesus, in anything besides Jesus. So from now on, I've kind of made this a resolution this past week. Uh, enough is enough with all of this mess around us. I'm focusing on Jesus and his word. I'm a child of God. We are all children of God. And praise Him for His assurance, for His love that will make a way no matter our situation. If, if you're not a child of God this morning, um, today's the day. <laughs> Don't wait any longer. We have a, uh, a water tank back here, baptistry. It will fill up with water and, and get you baptized into the church. Or if you've struggled a lot lately with anxiety, you know, the world dragging you down. I feel like a lot of us just listening to the comments that were made this morning. I feel like we're all thinking the same thing. And um, praise God for his, his assurances. Um, if, if you want the prayers of the church. These two pews are empty, and this church is full of brothers and sisters that will pray for you. Uh, we'd love to do that. Um, either case, we've got an invitation song. Just come forward at this time. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479 647 26 May God bless you.